Welcome back to MBS Fitness Radio, where we share stories of health and fitness success and valuable information to help you, our listeners, have success on your health and fitness journey. On this podcast, I'm joined by Angie Forey and Chris Hoppy, and we discuss all things injuries. Two biggest takeaways from this podcast are the importance of having the proper mindset around injuries and going ahead and establishing a plan of action to take prior to actually getting injured, knowing that at some point it's going to happen. So let's go ahead and put a plan in place and how we're going to handle that when it does. We lose Hoppy about 20 minutes into this podcast. He was having some internet issues, but Angie and I continue the conversation throughout the rest of the podcast. So without further ado, enjoy MBS Fitness Radio. Get ready for a no BS approach to health and fitness. This is NBS Fitness Radio. All right, what's up, guys? Um, we're back on NBS Fitness Radio. I'm here with Angie Forey and Chris Hoppy. Uh, and our topic for today is injuries. And so, uh, you know, collectively, we've got several decades, um, not only in our own fitness, but uh, and, 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 and being in the in, uh, being guides and coaches uh, in the industry as well. I think all of us have at least two decades, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we got at least collectively 60 plus years between all of us. And so the thing I was thinking about um, last night and what I'd like to talk to, I'd like to kind of go through this uh, in the time frame of like pre-injury, injury, post-injury. And I want to talk about kind of the mindset, uh, the appropriate mindset necessary to have success through injury what that appropriate mindset is prior to getting injured. I think there's a, um, oftentimes we'll hear from people with low experience, like, I don't want to get injured. Which is understandable, like, I don't want to get injured either. Um, but like having been in this, been in this game for so long, growing up playing football, it's like you kind of just recognize like, well, say at some point I'm going to get injured. And I think the, I think where, 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 uh, sometimes people struggle and there's this kind of chasm between people who have been doing it for a long time and people are new to it is like our, our mindset seems a bit extreme when it comes to injury and, uh, and can actually kind of push people, um, cannot be helpful. And, and I'll give you an example. It's like, Hoppy, you, you, we both played football. And like, I'm sure you always heard like the terminology, like, are you injured or are you hurt? And it was kind of this, um, there's yeah. got this expectation that like, like, you know, at some point, if you were hitting each other over, over, you know, thousands and thousands of plays, at some point, your body's going to suffer some ill effects of that. Right. And there's an expectation and, yeah, you're gonna get done. and there's an expectation and there's like a, um, there's like virtue and value and like playing through being hurt. And so like, like an example would be like, if your finger was broken in the middle of a football game, there would be an expectation that you would continue to play that football game. It'd be like, Hey, we're going to tape that finger up. And you're going to go Correct. back and play. Right. You know, an ACL tear or something like that. That would be an injury that would take you out. And so, um, with that kind of in mind, like, that was what I kind of grew up with. And then going through powerlifting and just seeing people like have injuries or even in CrossFit, you know, tearing, tearing calluses. What I see is like kind of this mindset of like, oh, at some point this is going to happen. And the appropriate way to handle it is to expect it to happen and already have a strategy in place for how you're going to handle it when it does happen. I would like to hear kind of what your advice would be to people who haven't grown up or come through that. Um, to that background, what would, what would you say to someone about how to set their mindset appropriately prior to injury? You go on happy. I'll let happy start, start. Okay. All right. I was going to say, all right, uh, man, um, I would say the way I try to think about it for any of my athletes or anybody I'm working with who, who doesn't have anybody for any previous experience with anything like this is that if you continue to do what you're doing, you're still going to get injured. You're like, it's just going to be long and slow. The chances of you not working out and getting injured 
are just as great as you working out and getting injured. You know, if you sit on the couch, the chances of you developing heart disease, the chance of you developing joint and back problems, the chance of you, the, the lack of movement, just as much, if not from my experience, 10 times more than not moving, you know, so the risk of moving and getting injured is well worth it. In fact, lower than it is if I don't move, you know? So d- does that make sense? Is that, is that tracking? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. In that same, um, that same mindset to me, like when I encounter people who have no real background of anything and they are scared, it's usually because someone has told them, well, if you do that, you're going to get injured, you're going to get hurt. So they're not surrounded by people who have any type of fitness or, you know, healthy lifestyle where they've lived and breathed, you know, through injuries and, you know, Um, So that's the first thing is like, well, you know, likely you might, but it's our job to kind of help prevent that by giving you the proper guidance through training. Um, But I think that they've already come into a meeting with the, the potential injury, like it just resonates so strongly with inside of their ears. And it's just really coming from um, a place that has no basis. Mm. It's just false information you know, that's been put out into them. And so I think like, and that has to be changed gradually. Yeah. So I guess that's like, it's, uh, it's, it's learning to develop like a healthy viewpoint of your body. So like Hoppy was saying, it's like, Hey, you're going to, you're going to get hurt whether you train or not. It's just whether you're going to get, um, it's just whether those are going to be like exercise related bumps and bruises that we occur along the, on the way, or they're going to be, the ill impacts of, you know, living an unhealthy life, like either way, this is in your future. So let's, yeah. let's, um, let's choose things that are going to, um, they're going to help us build our health and fitness. And you're saying like so many people hear negative messaging and kind of mm-hmm. self-identify with like a fragile body. Right. And so they had this, like this identity of fragility and this fear that like, I'm, I'm going to go into this, I'm going to get hurt. Uh, versus a resilient message. It's like, hey, now your body's resilient. It's, right. it's powerful. It can heal itself. Like, um, and so I think, yeah, a lot of that just comes down to being around, around like the right community, the right culture, right. And, like what that messaging is. Um, that uh, and ha- and how you kind of identify yourself. Right. Yeah. And I like to try to get people to change their mindset. You know, it has to become gradual. Like, let's just say they've never done anything in their life athletically. So they will not ever see themselves as an athlete. Well, that's, I like to really see our CrossFitters as an athlete. Okay. There you are, you are becoming no matter what part of the journey you're on. I mean, you're going to gradually become a better and better athlete, but what do we know about all athletes? The biggest thing we know about all athletes is we're going to encounter an injury at some point. And so if we reframe how they actually even view themselves, then that that can help them understand like, okay, you know, having an injury might come along with this, yeah. um, with this training, because I'm an athlete and this does happen periodically. Well, it's the, it's the nature that like in order to, in order to make progress, you have to induce stress and stimulus upon your body in other words like you have to kind of um stress yourself in a way that's going to actually cause adaptation and there's a way to do that very intelligently and reduce risk of injury but the 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 necessary training that's required to get better Mm -hmm. is in itself going to lend itself or is in itself going to have a risk of injury Right. And so when we just kind of extrapolate that risk out over the necessary time frame of decades, at right. some point you're going to have something happen to you. Yep. It's not that like every week we should be popping. No, you know, like, yeah. I mean, like you should, yeah. it's just like, occasionally you're going to have something yep. pop up. And I think the, uh, like one way we could kind of categorize like injuries or, or, um, or, uh, being hurt or whatever is like, there's certain, you can think of it like there's um, something that's going to happen to me in a workout that I'm going to be able to continue to work out 
but it's going to be uncomfortable. So that right. would be like a callus tear, yep. like a callus tear in the middle of workout. It's like, crap, this sucks, but I can continue to work out. Yep. Then there'd be like a injury. They'd be like, ah, um, I can continue to do like that workout. Then there'd be an injury. Be like, this is going to end my workout. <clears throat> and now but I can still train. I'm just going to have to kind of adjust my training accordingly. Yep. So this would be like some type of, um, um, muscle pull, mm -hmm. some type of, uh, joint issue, joint pain. This would be some type of like potential, like broken, broken bone. Yeah. Those are like, um, and then, and then how we would deal with that is going to be a little bit differently than how we deal with the, the, the injury that just like makes our workout uncomfortable. And then there's like a major injury that like that really impacts like how we live life. Mm -hmm. This would be a, a car wreck with like, like multiple broken bones. This would be, um, you know, uh, like having to go through like joint replacement, something like that. Yeah. Cause you can kind of like categorize those injuries and, and, and like in those ways. And that can kind of probably help you have a, a better approach. So like, well, how, how am I going to address one of these as they occur? Um, Poppy, kind of what's your framework for like looking at injuries and like how you deal with different kinds of injuries? Because like what we just what we just discussed was you can kind of categorize injuries and like there's boo-boos that like affect my that would happen in that training session that would make that training session like uncomfortable, but I could continue the training session, like a torn callus. Then there's something that would happen that would like prevent me from continuing to train in that session and would cause me to kind of like have to adapt my training, a, a pulled muscle, a broken bone, something like that. And then there's um, like major catastrophic injuries that are going to like impact my life and will require like some, some you know, serious PT, like a major car wreck, something like that. So like, how do you, what's your kind of framework for thinking through injuries and like how to maybe overcome each one of those? <clears throat> I think for me, whenever I get an injury of any kind, whether it's a, a major injury or something, you know, relatively small for me, which would be tearing a callus or, or straining a muscle or things like that, which are, you know, I would say relatively common, you know, um, depending on the intensity that I train. Um, and it's kind of going back to my goals. Always. I always drop back to my goals. Like, what am I training for? Okay. And then how do I adjust what I'm doing to now? I have to circumnavigate that obstacle is really all I have to figure out how to do. It's just an obstacle in the way. It's another training stimulus. So I try to view it as a stimulus, an opportunity to move around something. There was obviously a weak point in my body that, and that's my body letting me know, especially if it happens during training that, man, need to adjust something to accommodate for just completely walk things away you know so for me I, when it happens in training some of the lower grade so we're having some issues with hops mm -hmm. uh, angie why don't you talk to me through like how how you would um you would guide someone through that uh... is he coming back on <laughs> Hoppy, we get you frozen for us, buddy. <coughs> so Angie, that to talk to us. Yeah, how you, you, so, you deal with that. I like the way Hoppy started that. I mean, it does go back to your why. You know, like why am I doing this in the first place? And I can, I can take my own life as an example because I've had to, like last October, so a year ago, I had to take a step back from training because I needed to, um, I needed to address this uh, back issue I've been having for a year. And so I took a, I took a step out of training, but I went to physical therapy, yeah. um, solely being a PT. And so when you're talking with a client or you've got a client or, or a member that has, um, that has uh, the higher level, maybe not to the car wreck catastrophe, but yeah. definitely to something that's going to impact what they can do on a day-to-day -day basis, yeah. which, which is what my issue was. Then maybe we take that step back and we do physical therapy. Yeah. You know, maybe we go into or private training sessions, you know, so that we can like allow the body to heal itself. But at the same time, we still have to move the body. Yeah. So for me, I went all the way back to PT only, but I still needed to come to my class times. Yeah. I did not want to remove myself from, from my peers. And so, and I think that's an important, um, 
it's actually a very important healing process is to keep people with their peers. Yeah. If you isolate, somebody isolates uh, and goes back into their home and they're not doing, they're not around this, the positivity of training. Yeah. It's a bummer. I mean, it's been a bummer for a whole year to not be able to do the things I know I should be able to do. But what's a bigger bummer is like sitting at home, you know, sulking about it. And then my whole body starts to decline. Yeah. And so that's the big thing we want people to understand too, is like, socially, you need this. You need to be around the people that, that understand injury and that are going to support you through it. Yeah. And then the other piece is why let the whole body suffer? Yeah. You know, like I could do certain things very limited once I, you know, like, you know, cause I'm almost three months um, out of back surgery. So, you know, this has been a very long, slow process and it'll continue to be a long, slow process but I'm still in the class every day. I'm still going to do the best I can. And I want our clients to all do that. But I think we, we tend to get in our own way. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, what you hit on there is pretty important is that like what we're dealing with is not just a physical uh, recovery that has to occur from injury, but it's like that mental, emotional, social recovery that has to, has to happen as well. And I mean, so much that that comes like injuries will, will, will create fear within your body, distrust within your body. And so um, a lot of times what we'll allow that to do to us is then we make fear-based decisions. Right. Of course, we don't want to get hurt again. So then we start kind of um, just chopping away things that that are kind of really essential to our overall health and fitness. And so – what we do is we say, well, like, I, I just have to take off completely. And we don't realize that, um, like, you may have this one part of your body that's hurt, but the rest of your body is functioning fine. And that if we allow our overall fitness to, to, um, to decrease due to injury, not only are we going to have, uh, not only are we going to have a harder time recovering because the fitness level of your body is going to impact how well you recover, but we're actually having a, an even more difficult time coming back and getting back to the state we were right uh, prior to that injury. Then when, when we, um, then when we do that, we also impact like our emotions. We, we don't recognize or we know that that the physical fitness impacts the way our brain works and mm -hmm. breaks our brain, brain chemicals so that when we stop exercising we actually are now putting ourselves in a negative in a more of a negative state so we've had this injury that put us in a negative mindset mm -hmm. they put us in a fear based mindset we stop exercising that that actually makes our brain uh function worse mm -hmm. We increase our risk of depression and then when we remove ourselves from our social network and and our healthy social network again for most people the 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 relationship you, you have with other healthy people exists through the gym it's not at work or, yeah. or at home or any of that kind of stuff and so you remove yourself from that now you've now you've got a social injury so when we have an inappropriate um approach to physical injury we actually end up inducing emotional injury mental injury and social injury and coming back from all of those is very difficult. And this is something I said to Keiki yesterday is that um, what I what I think, uh, what I see and what I, I, I want to caution people against is what, what, what they typically do is like, I just need to take some time off. Mm -hmm. um, and it's fear-based. It's like, right. I, you know, I, I pulled my muscle. I, I, I broke, broke my leg. They're like, this thing happened. Um, and sometimes it's not even true. It's not even like training related. Like you did it at work, you did it right. at home, right? <clears throat> but there's this this mindset of like I need to take time off. And as difficult is as it is to just get over the hump and just to do all the things necessary to take care of your body, you are making that so much more difficult mm -hmm. when you remove all those healthy habits. Yeah. Let's think about what's tied to those healthy habits. So definitely the mental space, you know, that's huge. Right. So, but what about eating? Yeah. You know, if you're not coming to the gym for most people, then, you know, they'll, they'll do their, you know, 
they'll approach nutrition much better if they're training, but take the training component out and then the nutrition uh, component starts to deteriorate. So now we've got this, it's a huge, you know, drop off of the training. So your physical body is suffering, your mental, your state, your emotional state, depression is slipping in. And now we're feeding that depression through food. Yeah. That's not appropriate for your body. Yeah. So it, it, and it happens so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So if you think of like, what, what's the hurdle to get back to our original state? So we, we, we've been making great progress. We've been in the gym regularly and then we get hurt. The hurdle that we have to overcome is that injury, mm-hmm. not a very big hurdle to overcome. Right. But when we start building, adding bricks to that hurdle mm-hmm. through letting our physical state decline through not training through poor nutrition letting our emotional state, our mental state, our social state decline. Now we do have a big giant hurdle and it's even more difficult to overcome. Well, that hurdle just became a big mountain. Right. And so, yeah. And so like, I think what people tend to think is they're like, I just, I'm just going to take, I mean, let me just take six weeks off. Let me just take the time off. And I was like, Hey, let, let, let me just lay out a reality for you here is that if we just look across the statistics of this nation. And I'm going to tell you the statistics of what I generally see working with people every day is I'm going to take six weeks off. There's a much higher likelihood that you're going to take off forever and yeah. never come back. Mm-hmm. We've seen that happen. <laughs> We've seen that happen a lot. Yeah. I mean, yeah so it's just like, yeah. Occasionally people do, they almost yeah. never come back after six weeks. And the reason for that is this is like, the type of person who has the mental strength and resiliency and everything necessary to come back after six weeks would never have taken off those six weeks in the first place. Yeah. That is a reality. If you had the mental fortitude that the things necessary to be able to come back after those six weeks, you wouldn't take the six weeks off. You would go, ah, my body's broken, but Hey, I was resilient. It's yeah. going to fix itself. I'm going to focus on what I need to. I need to be in class I, or I need to be here. I need to be around the positive people. I need to make, I need to focus on the things that I can do right. and not be focused on this, this singular tiny uh, injury. I'll, I'll, I'll heal it up while making progress here. I think it's important for like um, how we identify ourselves through an injury too. So if it, what I, what I know from training so long for with other people is like, as soon as you start to identify yourself as the injured person, then, then that all starts to fall down. So like, you know, for me, you know, I'm not injured, right. I'm Angie with a back injury right? or Angie with back surgery. So we, we want to make sure people recognize themselves as a whole person first. Like you're not, you know, we don't want people to identify themselves through their injury. Yeah. Once that happens, then that negative mindset yeah. starts to take hold. So then it's those automatic negative thoughts. Well, I'm hurt. I can't do this. Yeah. It's just, and it happens without people even realizing it. Yeah. So, so I say we, you know, help teach people how to separate themselves. Like, no, you're still a whole person. Yeah. You've got this one thing going on. Yeah. I think that's powerful. It's like, Maybe that's the, the, the one of the uh, other key ingredients to a proper mindset prior to getting injured is like, how do you identify yourself? You know, are you like, I identify myself as the person who comes in and exercises and does this and, 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 and takes care of my body and stewards, stewards my body properly. And injury doesn't change who I am as a person, right? It may change my approach or it may change um, uh, my training style a little bit, Yeah, but it, it's not changing who I am and how I identify. But if we're coming into it, we already identify as a broken person. And that don't even mean like broken injury wise. It's like, if we kind of self-identify as like someone who struggles, someone who isn't motivated, mm-hmm. someone who um, starts and stops, whatever it would be. And this is just then an injury then like just allows us to easily shift away. Like we're already struggling to like self-identify as like the yeah. healthy fit person. So the injury just shifts our shifts, our identity into like, no, I have a back injury. I and mean, like, how many times have you heard people like say something along the lines of like, um, you keep doing that. You're going to hurt your back. You keep doing that. You're going to, you're going to have bad knees or I can't do that. I've got bad knees. 
it's just like their their identity is wrapped up yeah. in a broken fragile body right and then it's it's uh it's almost like you can't have a it's hard, difficult to have a conversation with someone like that because they can't break away from that identity of a, having a fragile body and mm -hmm. you can't break away from your identity of having a resilient you know capable body yeah well i think some of that too you know both sides gets fed you know from our medical professions mm -hmm. yeah and so if we if we can help someone come in, let, let us help you. I mean, we have to stay within our scope. I'm not suggesting that we're not, but you know, uh, if you seek a medical profession, that professional who trains, yeah, you are likely to get the better advice on being able to continue to train and work around that. Yeah. Uh, I think all too often we take all medical advice as, you know, as truth, always truth. Um, and we don't take the time to really maybe even interview our yeah. physicians. And, and that's exactly what I did with my surgeon. And he was probably taken aback by my questions, <laughs> but it was important for me to like say, okay, this is who I am. This is what I do. Um, right now I cannot perform certain activities with my granddaughter, like walking with her and that's why I'm here. Yeah. But you also need to know, I plan to get back to doing everything in the gym that supports those activities with my grandchildren. And then I was like, and if you don't support what I do, that's okay. We're just not a good fit. <laughs> what question did you ask him? So I, that's exactly, I said, look, I'm a longtime CrossFitter. I'm a trainer. I work in a gym. I believe in weightlifting for uh, optimal health. I believe the body is built to move and I'm going to squat. I'm going to deadlift. I believe it's great for optimal performance. Yeah. And I said, if you align with that, then we'll be a good fit. Gotcha. Yeah. And he, and he's, but, and I said, exercise and, and training is important for my body. And I believe it is for all bodies. Yeah. And he, he said, um, he said, you know, because I just paused and I was like, if, if you believe in that, or you believe you can help me get back to my level of performance so that I can live my life properly, then we're, we'll be okay. Yeah. And he said, I just really wish other people felt the same. That's awesome. And so, and then we, we were just great the whole time. Yeah. And then every check-in, cause this was major back surgery, right? Yeah. Like this, this took me out. Um, but at two weeks, he was like, I don't see many people walk in here the way you walked in here at yeah. two weeks. So my body was built and was resilient. And, and it's from the years and years and years of training, decades of training prior to. Yeah. And he was like, I knew we weren't going to have any trouble with your surgery. And I knew you weren't going to have any trouble recovering from yeah. your surgery. So every check-in, it's been great. And they every check-in, I'm like, can I add this? And I am very specific. Because I can't tell you, and you know this too, like how many people that will have a present with a knee injury, they go to someone and they say, well, you shouldn't squat. Yeah. Okay. So can you please explain to me how I'm going to get myself on the toilet and then off the toilet? If I go on the ground, how am I supposed to get back up? How, what do I <laughs> yeah. do? And I don't think we take the time to really question medical professionals. And it's not to like, feel like we're, we know more. It's yeah. just like, I need you to to help me understand how I can make my body optimal. Well, I think that I think what people need to kind of understand is that um, doctors are uh, typically trained, especially when it comes to orthopedic injuries, they are trained um, to um, relieve symptoms. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they are trained to uh, relieve that pain, relieve that dysfunction, fix that thing that's broken or torn. They're not necessarily there are some that are training this way, but, but, but majority wise, it's not about addressing the original cause. It's about, and then part of the reason for this, you have to understand is like the, uh, the amount of people who exercise regularly and are fit is such a small percentage of the population that their experience and their training is geared towards the 90%. Yeah. And if you've ever been in an orthopedic office and you look around, it's not a bunch of athletes in there. It's a bunch of overweight, unhealthy, yeah. and typically elderly people who are dealing with um, dealing with the degradation of, a, of an ill-kept body. And so they're, they're not 
that's that's their experience that's their edu education and that's typically how they're going to approach um their communication and their um and their strategy with you so to take that in, in, into consideration is you just need to know kind of what you're walking into mm -hmm. and take their advice and put it into the advice of other professionals who are part of that team. Right. Ideally. And like the, the, the beauty now is that there are doctors that, that are used to working with athletes and they can, um, and, and if you go in and from the get go identify as you know, I was like, I've had clients in the past. It's like, Hey, look, if you don't go in there and tell them that you're an athlete, they're going to assume that you're not. And I can tell you right from the get go that I've literally seen someone who looks like an athlete and goes in there and says the right stuff be, be treated completely different than someone who doesn't look like an athlete and says the wrong stuff with the exact same injury. Right. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, you have to go in there and kind of like, let them know like, Hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. And then you'll typically get a slightly different approach about yeah. how they're going to help you along, along your, I your did path. experience that because I had to, um, I had to spend one night in the hospital uh, just for observations and they sent you know, someone from physical therapy in the next day to kind of make sure I could get out of bed, move, you know, up, down. Yeah. And the guy was like, wait, you've done this before. And I'm like, well, you know, it's just moving my body, yeah. you know, like it wasn't, but for him, he's not accustomed to seeing, he's accustomed to like being more hands-on yeah. with the patient and yeah. like, okay, we're going to pull your legs over. We're going to yeah. get here. I'm going to help you up. And I was like, I'm just going to need you to back up a yeah. little bit and let me just self-support and then I can stand. And so you're right. I mean, like they're just, it's just not the majority of the population yeah. or people that know their bodies and know what they're doing. And so you're going to draw, you know, it's a, and it's, a, I think that's a good testament to the importance of having a good base of, uh, of fitness is like your ability to recover from an injury is going to be drastically impacted by your your current level of fitness so you're um you're going to come back quicker mm -hmm. the more fit you are so knowing that like that's why it's important to build fitness because in case something happens yeah you've got the resiliency to overcome it better but then also when it does happen mm -hmm. maintain the fitness that helps you get there mm -hmm. in the first place like right don't um don't sacrifice your overall fitness for fear that you might get hurt again. Yeah. Yeah. And I did not talk openly about my Im impending before surgery, my impending surgery, because, you know, to like people outside of the gym, because the last thing that you want to hear, because you know, it's not true. It's just another lie that's told is like, Oh, well, that's that what, that's what happens when you lift a weight you yeah. know, or that's what happens. And I was like, I'm not doing this, yeah. you know, it, because that's false. There's yeah. nothing that I did that created the issue that I had. Yeah. Uh, and so there's nothing that I, I, it was just going to happen. It was an overall, it was, um, an injury that, um, I mean, it could have been a birth defect, you know? Yeah. And so, and then just over time usage, you know, just creates, you know, an issue. And so yeah. we got it fixed and now we're good. And yeah. so, or we will be two more weeks and yeah. then I can go back to lifting, but that's a three month, you know, uh, three months outside of my surgery, I can't imagine like someone who doesn't have a healthy fit body, what that recovery yeah. time is going to be. It's going to be extensive, yeah. extensive. It was hard on me right. and I'm fit, you know? And so I know it's very extensive for people who don't have this fit body. Yeah. The body is created to be fit. The, yeah. the body is created to move. It's created to be resilient. Yeah. So we've just, we've, you know, we've got to help people understand that. Yeah. And like the first thing is like not identifying as it. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, the, the biggest takeaway I think from a, that the people should hear from this podcast is like, is that how important it is to set the right mentality for yourself and how you view your body and, 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 and to, um, and how that's going to impact your experience should you have an injury mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah um and we talked about this yesterday a little bit about like um we 
our our expectations versus realities is is um can 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 really impact like uh our emotional state and so example being um i can't remember the book i was reading but we tend to kind of think that like oh we must be so much happier than people back in the day they were and the reality is like well if back in the day like with let's say with the hvac mm-hmm. back in the day prior to having HVAC, you were just used to having experienced these temperatures. Mm-hmm. So when you got in the shade, when it was hot outside, or when you um, when you got along a fire when it was cold, that made you feel good. You know, you were like, ah, this is this this is satisfying. I feel good to this. Yeah. But that satisfaction was the same satisfaction that you get when you walk into the HVAC. So it's not that they, so uh, using that example, our, if we have this kind of expectation and we've, uh, having been along this journey for so long, once you've had a couple of injuries, you kind of know like, eh, okay, that, you know, um, that sucks, but that's not that big a deal. Like, like I've I've strained, uh, strained many muscles over the last 30 years. Right. And, um, and some of it have been major ones and some have been minor ones, but like usually when it happens, I'm like, ah, crap. Okay. Well, but because I've experienced that before, I don't have that. There's not like a real emotional, oh my gosh, what happened to my body there? Mm-hmm. But if you've never experienced a muscle pull, yeah. it can seem like a catastrophic, like, you know, end of life kind of scenario. Like, oh my gosh, I've never experienced this before. Like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Like, and so um, I think that's where it's important to lean into those people who have experience. That's why it's important to be part of a community and lean into your guide because it's if otherwise you're using your own, if, if you're letting your own emotions guide you through an experience that you've never had before, the chances that you make good decisions along that way is, is quite low. Or if you're letting the emotions of other people, right? And like your parents or your your family or your friends or, or you know, someone who is not uh, they they themselves an experienced mm-hmm. uh, person in the health and fitness industry or uh, they themselves are healthy and fit and have been doing it for decades, they're going to give you bad advice because they cannot they do not have a a correct understanding, and then they're only they're relying on their emotions to help guide you through this. And the problem with that is like your emotions and their emotions align, right? They're going to tell you what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And you're going to use that to, to as justification, but like, yes, that's what I should do. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, it's like, that's not what you should do. Right. Well, and you know, we talk about friction points often. <laughs> and so when, so we have a we have a new client that's coming in and they like, we've already, they're already experiencing a lot of friction, right? So they're unhealthy. They, they, they know what that feels like. They don't know what training feels like. So we've introduced this new stimulus and that's a challenge, right? Yeah. That's a friction that we've got to kind of work through. So then, you know, fast forward a few months, we get this like minor injury and then that adds another friction point. Right. And so what happens is that just those things just continue to build. And then that becomes the story that they tell themselves, well, you know, and then their friends who say, I told you you were going to get hurt if you did that. Yeah. That endorses the those yeah. negative that negativity, and then we just watch them walk away. Yeah. And it's like, no, these things are, you know, we can work through this yeah. stuff. We, we okay. can really work through this stuff. It's going to be okay. Yeah. So, yeah. It is a challenge. Yeah. I'll tell a story. Um, <laughs> I'll tell a story. My one of my injuries, probably my. This would probably be my. I say it's been my most impactful injury, um, and like maybe use that as a bit of a um, an example of like how to appropriately approach mm-hmm. injuries. So, uh, literally woke up one day and my elbow had like 15 degrees of movement in it. <laughs> there was I didn't remember doing anything. There wasn't like a snap, a pop, or anything that like made it feel bad. I just woke up. I was like, oh well, that's weird. I couldn't flex or extend my elbow. And, um, kind of said, well, let's just see kind of like, if this gets any better, yeah. 
and it didn't. So I gave it like a week and it never got any better. And I was like, well, let me go to a PT. So I went to multiple PTs and both of them gave me strategies and, 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 um, some, um, routines to try so for two weeks. So like uh, one week trying himself two weeks with one PT, two weeks with another PT, still nothing. Mm-hmm. Go to a orthopedic, get it x-rayed at looks like it's fine. Sends me to a sends me to PT again, another two weeks. And then finally it's like, okay, now I'm whatever this is seven weeks in. And, um, they finally have an MRI and they go, Oh, it turns out you've have a piece of cartilage that's just stuck in your elbow. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, it, you know, the only way we can fix this is to scope it and take this cartilage out. There's no actual damage to like any tissue. There's mm-hmm. why I didn't feel like a pull, but somewhere in there. And I was like, you know, how the cartilage come loose is like, you know, who knows? How does that even happen? He was like, you got it. You got years of football. You got yeah. years of um, training. And at some point, like it might've just broken off and yeah. about fell in there. So had to go get it scoped. And then it was, I think about two weeks of like, couldn't use it just to like have everything heal up. And then maybe it was like two weeks kind of building back slowly. So it was like mm-hmm. this, this total time of basically like three months. Mm-hmm was not able to use my arm. And so um, you can imagine what would happen if I had just been like, oh, crap, well, my arms hurt. I can't exercise. And I had mm-hmm. taken off for three months. Like everything would have gotten bad. I would have yeah. lost strength throughout my entire body. I would have lost a ton of um, a ton of uh, my endurance and, and um and I would probably put on body fat. I would make me feel bad about myself. I don't want to have be able to engage with the people I, I love to engage with mm-hmm. on every day. So literally, the, I woke up on Saturday. That's when it was felt bad. It might have been a Sunday. I can't remember. It was like the weekend. Monday, I trained. Mm-hmm. Tuesday, I trained. Wednesday, I trained. And I trained every single day, every single one of those weeks, and never took a day off. And... I just went to class and modified whatever I could do at. So there was times where I was like, well, I can't do pull-ups and I'm tired. So I did ring rows, right? Like I'm tired of doing ring rows. I'm going to do banded one arm pull-ups or today we've got bench press and I can't bench press. So I'm going to do single arm bench press. It was just like every day figuring out how am I going to still train, still get the stimulus a day, Mm -hmm. but I could, because the rest of my body was fine. Right. So you could squat. I could squat. Yeah. I could deadlift. Yeah. Uh, or actually, I could deadlift. You could deadlift, uh, yeah. but you could, um, do, I could do, do you could do a kettlebell. Yeah, I would do a single. Uh, I, would just, I, I would get the stimulus mm-hmm. uh, or I maybe do a good morning. I would find a way to get a stimulus. And what I learned along, along that was like, oh, there's a million ways that I can get the same stimulus, still make good progress. And so here's the deal. It's like over those six weeks, I got more fit. Mm-hmm. I was injured and I got more fit. Yeah. And not only that, because I was training my opposite arm, and this is what something that people need to understand is if you have an injury to one side and you train the opposing side, you're actually going to get stimulus, cross-sectional stimulus to that injured side. So you're going to, your muscle loss, your strength loss is going to be far less mm-hmm. if by training the still healthy side. Um, and so to me, one of the, one of my mindsets when I have an injury is like, I really focus on ensuring that I immediately get back to the gym, that I immediately get back in there and focus on teaching myself. I can do this. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we kind of like, like to show share with people is when we look at these adaptive athletes, like there are people without any arms, mm-hmm. you know, or any legs. So if they're still able to train without a leg, then surely you can train with an injured leg, right? right? If yeah. they can train with, if they're able to train yeah. consistently with one arm, you can train with one good arm and one injured arm, yeah. right? One of the things I used to say to people over the years, like, um, if they, you know, had an injury, like, well, what would you do if you didn't have that hand? You know, what if it was just missing? Would you just never train again? Would you never do anything? And, um, and that always gives people a little pause for thought, but it wasn't until I guess sometime earlier this year, 
when I met my current client who has multiple impairments and I had to share with you. So this, this particular person has, um, she's double amputee from the knees down both knees. She has one full hand amputated and then she has multiple fingers. So we have like literally zero points of contact. Right. So, um, and she trains. Right. Yeah. She trains. Right. So I now like anytime somebody tells me they got a boo boo, you know, I'm like, but you have your legs, right? They're intact. You broke your leg. That sucks. She doesn't have a leg. She doesn't have. (laughs) She also doesn't have two legs. She doesn't have any legs. Both legs, like literally. Um, And so, but again, that goes back to like identifying ourselves as injured and not, you know, and like my client, she doesn't really identify herself as, you know, this extensively impaired person. And so when I met her and I told her, I was like, full disclosure, uh, I am happy to train you, but I don't know how. (laughs) So I'm going to learn. All right. And so I went on this quest to learn. But, and, and on that quest, like the one question that one should always pose to someone who has an injury is like, okay, well, what can you do? Because now they've like identified themselves as this person that can't do things because I've got this injury. I can't do, can't do, can't do. What can you do? And so maybe they haven't even thought about what they can do, but by starting the conversation with like, tell me what you can do then they realize, oh, I'm not bound by this one thing. I am, I, there are like multiple things I can do. Well, I can do a one arm, you know, kettlebell, you know, row, or I can do a single leg squat to a box, whatever the case may be. There's always some things we can do. Yeah. Even with a full spinal injury where I could not load my spine. Yeah. uh, What could I do? I did everything I could do. Yeah, there's something you can do. Let's focus on that. Always. There's yeah, I think always. that's like having that mindset of like my body is resilient. I identify as the person who's going to exercise, going to take care of my body, regardless of the situation I'm put in. Uh, and knowing that it's going to happen at some point, mm-hmm. right now I'm going to I'm going ahead and deciding that I'm going to focus on what I can do. Mm-hmm not what I can't do. Yeah. And I think that allows us to stay focused on like the original reason we train, right? Like what's our why, you know, for me, like, why did I want to continue to do everything I could? I, I asked my surgeon every single step of the way, what can I do? What can I do? And it's because I needed to stay focused on my original why, which is like, I want to be able to to play with my grandkids. You know, I want to be able to get back in the gym and not have lost so much strength. So what can I do where I'm not loading my spine and endangering, you know, the work we've done on my back. And so I I think if we can try to help people bring focus back to like their original, why like you're here because you don't feel well and you want to feel better. We can help you still feel better even while you're dealing with this injury. Now, Javi had a good analogy, so I'm going to still since he's not here, but he talked about like if you were driving your car and you had a flat tire, you wouldn't take that car and just leave it there and go, oh, but the, flat, the tires, the tires flat. Like yeah. we can't, we car's can't done. the tech car's, car's done. done. We're just going to leave this thing because what would happen? It would rust. It would fall apart. And when you needed to use that car in the future, it would not be able to function. Mm-hmm. So then what do you have to do? You have to lean on other people yeah, to and, drive you. Yeah. You'd be like, hey, right? I, yeah, I need you to take me here because I can't take myself there. And that's what happens to people who, um, who identify as fragile. Mm-hmm. Like they identify as the broken human and, um, and don't, don't take responsibility for the solutions to the problems. Um, so the appropriate thing to do is, okay, we're going to fix this tire mm-hmm. so that we can keep driving the car. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so if we have an injury, the purpose of your body is still like the car. The purpose of the car still exists. Right. Uh, that that the, the the purpose of your body is to move mm-hmm. and to work and to be fit mm-hmm. and to push. You know, uh, it's the it the, it was designed to have the capacities of strength, power, speed, mobility, flexibility, endurance, coordination. It was designed to have all that that mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, and so if you are injured. And you stop if if you're injured and you stop recognizing like the design that your body has and you just put that 
put it uh, in the garage, mm-hmm. not only do you now have a a tire that's flat, but the rest of the the rest of that car, the rest of your body is now has even more issues that you had to deal with. And you if you got ever, a rusted bucket now, yeah, if you, you wanted to try to get it back running again, you you don't just now have to fix the tire. You got to fix everything freaking else as well. Yep. Yeah. I think the same on the, on the opposite side. So we've also seen athletes who are unwilling to come into the gym because they want Ah, to be a full whole person. Yeah. Right. So they want to be able to operate at a hundred percent. So let's talk about that. That's a good, good, that group um, of individuals. And so we've seen this, like, uh, you know, I've broken something, you know, or I've injured something. I can't come back. And that's usually the ego that kind of tells them like, if I can't come in and do level brown like our level black like i normally do then i'm just gonna hang out until i can you know repair or or you know recover from this injury then i can go back and be back at my hundred percent so what would you say to that (laughs) again i'll go back to hey like uh we're gonna have to we have to address this ego issue at some point Mm -hmm. and uh so we can either go ahead and address this ego get it checked a little bit come in do some scaled down workouts, mm-hmm. not be at the top of the leaderboard, and then come back better from this injury, having maintained fitness, over, you know, dealt with the injury, rehabbed it, so on and so forth, and then come back and get back to banging. But if you stay out of the gym, not only are you going to have to deal with the the injury rehab, you're not coming back in the gym at the level you used to be at, you're now right. coming back in at a level far lower than you were. Mm-hmm. And so now you're going to have an even greater ego check. You know what I mean? Cause at least prior to that, you, you know, you, you could at least lean on the fact that like, I'm not able to, to output like I used to, cause I'm injured. Right. When you come back in, you're going to have to be like, um, I can't output like I used to cause I was a wimp for the last six took, weeks. Yeah. And I took six <laughs> weeks off and yeah. didn't exercise. Yeah. Um, and again, I guess that goes back to like, it's your why. And it's like how your, your mindset and how you view yourself as, a um, like uh, I view myself as the person who like, I view myself as the person who's going to train every day, period. Yeah. Now, having been that person, I've developed a pretty high level of output that allows me to, to be pretty competitive and output at a high level, but my identity and my why is not wrapped up in my ultimate competitive abilities. Mm-hmm. It's wrapped up in my actions of coming into the gym and stewarding my body. Well, so you have to put the ego aside on both ends. Yep. Yeah. Whether you're newer and whether you're seasoned, um, you know, that's definitely something like e- even like because again I've got two more weeks and then I get to come back and you know there's nothing that I'm going to have to like modify yeah. other than modifying based on the strength that I've not yeah. been able to attain you yeah. know over the last you know year that I've lost or whatever so I have no limitations yeah. you know imagine what that looks like if I have not done anything since the beginning of this issue, which was like really most profound one year ago, one year and two months ago, one year and two months of waiting, waiting, waiting. So, you know, right now I can come back and I'm not going to be where I left off. Maybe it's going to take a year, yeah, you know, to get there. But if I took off a year, how many years do you think it's going to take me to get back? <laughs> a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, um, what, what, one thing that we can kind of um, extrapolate from that is that when we're, when we're talking about modifying, there's modifying movements and there's modifying load and like knowing how to uh, adjust those appropriately. Cause um, the, the other thing about that, that athlete that, you know, wants to, you know, wants to output a high level and doesn't want to come back at the gym yeah. Uh, until the until the floor heals, like when you come back, you're going to get injured again, like guaranteed. Oh yeah. Because like if you're if let if you're used to doing brown workouts and you take six weeks off and you come back in and go like, well, I'm still brown, mm-hmm. you're gonna get hurt mm-hmm. because you're not brown anymore. You're gonna hurt yourself. So then like not only not only are you 
setting yourself up for like in the short term, but like you're setting yourself up or for failure in the short term, you're also setting yourself up for probably another injury. So we need to know how to properly modify. Mm -hmm. And so um, when we're, when we're modifying workouts, we can, we can look at what the purpose of that, of that workout is and uh, kind of identify it between what are the movements that we're trying to train here? And then what are the capacities that we're trying to mm -hmm. train here? So a movement may be like squatting, hinging, pushing, running, something like that. Um, and then a capacity would be like strength, power, endurance. Mm -hmm. You know, if we have a, if we have a particular injury that limits our movement, then uh, without pain, then we just need to kind of, probably scale or uh, adjust the movement, but mm -hmm. maintain the, uh, the capacity. Mm -hmm. So an example would be as, as, um, if we have a, um, let's say our knee is bothering us. And then we come in and today is a moderately heavy squat. And we know that squatting is going to irritate our knee because we're trying to kind of rehab it. And, and, but we still want to develop the capacity for strength. Well, we could do a deadlift. Mm -hmm. Right. We're still getting a, a full body movement. So we just adjust the movement. Uh, uh, right. And, but we can still train uh, the capacity. Right. Mm -hmm. um, now, there may be something where it's like, okay, I've got a, I've got a back injury. Squats is out. Deadlifts is out. Is there an opportunity to do some type of strength based work without irritating the back? Well, could we potentially do floor press that's not going to strain the back? Yep. And the answer is yes. It's like, okay, well, we can just shift it. We're still getting yeah. a strength-based movement. We're training the capacity, but the movement's a bit outside of the original, but that's okay. Yeah. Or we might say, um, you know what? I can't train this capacity, but I can train the movement. So I'm... I've overcome that, that knee injury, but like, I probably shouldn't do a heavy squat today, but I like to reintroduce squats. Mm -hmm. So now we can maintain that movement and then just adjust the capacity uh, appropriately. So instead of doing a moderately heavy set of five, maybe we're going to do a light set of five using some of the tempo work and really focusing on the technique. Or even like box or something like that. Box, box squats, yeah. if we, you know, just to build. Because one thing that that does happen when one is coming back from injury is like your fear of re-injury. Right. You know, and, and I know this in my own training. Like I know that I'm going to be a little afraid for a while. Yep. And so addressing those issues on the front end before I even you know get there yep. is going to be important. And so same for other people. Like now we have to rebuild your confidence. Mm -hmm. And so, so even like, okay, we can go a little bit heavier today, but maybe we don't need to go, you know, below parallel. Let's yeah. just do some box squats, but we'll add a little bit more, um, a little bit more weight. Yeah. And so, um, because again, it, it's just, you're that fear that exists can set us up for an additional injury for not careful. Yeah. And so addressing those things yeah. uh, is helpful too. Yeah. Knowing how to, <laughs> knowing how to navigate training with an injury and post-injury is mm -hmm. important. And now here's, here's something to consider is that uh, <laughs> this is probably not something you should make your own decisions on. Understand this. Like I just said earlier, when I first started this podcast, between the three of us, we have over 60 years of mm -hmm. training experience. Think of <clears throat> the thousands of people that we have, that we have guided the thousands of exercises that we have, we've been exposed to every single day, we are um, problem solving these types of situations. Not only that is like, we do this as a team. So it's not even us as individuals. We're sitting there and having communications collectively going, Hey, you know, Angie hurt her back. She's coming into class today. We need to make, come up with the modification. Let's talk about this. So like you had the team. And so if, if, I think one of the most foolish things I see people do is then then try to guide themselves back through this injury. Um, and it's like, hey, you may have some experience and that's great. And you may kind of think you know what you're doing. But it's like, 
there's zero chance that you have the collective ability of an entire team of people right. with decades of experience. There's right. just no way you can properly guide yourself back to better than we could. Right. And so this, the, uh, the like people make foolish decisions going, I'm now or by, by saying like, I, I'm going to guide myself through this. I'll make the decision on what workouts I come to or what, what exercises I'm going to do, or mm -hmm. I'm not going to go to the class. I'm just going to do my own thing. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, that is just the dumbest thing I've ever heard on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it kind of blows me away, but I'm like, ha, like, and I know there's a lot of reasons for it, but I, I think people need to kind of understand as like you, even, even with some experience cannot, um, cannot, cannot, um, properly guide yourself mm -hmm. One, because you do, there's no way you could have the collective greater experience, but two, you can't just uh, extract yourself from your own emotions. Yeah. And like, that's part of the, that's part of the reason that we need coaching and we need guides. Yeah. It's like, even if you, even if you do like have some ed education and knowledge, like you are still going to apply your own emotions into making that decisions. And then inherently that's going to be a riskier decision. Well, it's going to, it's going to also set us up for doing the things we want to do yeah. and not the things that we need to do. We yeah. need to do this. Yes. This is why I went to physical therapy yeah. for months. I yeah. was like, I need to know, like, when I get past this issue, like, what am I doing? How can I move my body better? I needed somebody else to guide me in yeah. like better, more proper movement. And ultimately like we needed to, I needed to check those boxes before I did the surgery Yeah, and they didn't send me back to physical therapy after surgery. Yeah, They're yeah. like, you don't need to go to the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, I did it. <laughs> yeah. He goes, our goal is to get people to move. That's why we send them to physical therapy after, um, surgery yeah. he is you've been moving since the second week. Yeah. You're not going to PT. Yeah. And it was like, perfect. But yeah, you know, it's like, we, I think we as a team know when we need guides. Yeah. So why wouldn't, I mean, we, and we, this has my, been my profession for so many years. And like, why would I ever think that I don't need a guide? Yeah. That's me getting in my own way of my own growth. And yeah. that's, that's what we have seen too. Other people getting in their own way of their own growth, lean into the professionals in the field that have been doing this for a living for a very long time. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think what one of the benefits from having the knowledge and the experience that we do is um is we can have like quality communication with our guides and I think sometimes people think like the uh, the coaching guide role is like you just I mean it can be like you just tell me what to do I don't ask any questions about it but mm -hmm. That's not what it has to be like when you if, if you've got an injury, you come to class we're, and and you're like, ah, I'm really hesitant to do that. We're not going to be like, well, too bad. That's what you have to do. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like if, if if you came to class and I'm talking to you like, OK, Andy, talk to me about this. Like, how are you feeling? Today? Like, let's, let's use the back example. Yeah. <laughs> like, how are you feeling today? You're like, yeah, you know. I can't I can't do the squats. And I'm like, yeah, and Delphs is out. I'm like, well, what about what about the floor press? And if you were like, ah. I don't know. Like, I, I just, I think engaging all that's going to not feel great. I'm not going to go like, well, yeah, I think you should do floor press. Mm -hmm. I might say, well, have you, have we tried it? Mm -hmm. Do you want to, why don't we try it with the bar and just get in the position and see how it feels? And you'd be like, ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's not bad. And I go, well, let's, let's, why don't we do a light and kind of see how that feels? And you're like, yeah, that's starting to irritate it. We're going to have a communication. Go, okay, well, let's not do that because we don't, we don't want to do that. What can we do? Well, like how does just doing kind of tempo bodyweight squats feel? Like, yeah, I can do that. I, I can roll. Mm -hmm. It's this communication right. pattern. So um, it's, a, it's this communication and this collective, we are helping guide you through this um, and asking you questions and having a conversation about it. And that's, that's, that's how it should properly go. Now, if you right. don't have a, a good base of knowledge, um, then you may need to just kind of tr trust the coaches in some of this stuff a little bit more. Right. Um, but, but I would say that like the, the more knowledge knowledgeable I am, the more open I am to going and having a conversation with someone, but Hey, help, help guide me through this. 
and like talking through how to how to scale or modify or just yeah. work out appropriately for whatever thing I'm dealing with. Yeah. And I think like, even as coaches, as we, you know, work through injuries, what that does for us too, is like, I can recognize now if somebody, you know, somebody's movement pattern is a little bit off or, you know, because I've dealt with something specific in my lumbar, like I can identify more. And now I have a larger toolbox to pull from. Okay. Does that hurt when you're in extension or does it hurt when you're in a hinged position? And so like, so, you know, like, helping others understand like your coaches are not, you know, we are not injury free. You know, we've gone through multiple injuries. We've gone through multiple, you know, um, situations where we've tried to get ourselves back into training or stayed in training, whatever, lean into us. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's what makes us good yeah. guides. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been yeah. down this path before. I can tell you. Yeah, I can tell I can you what to expect. See something going on. Yeah. I can identify some something that's happening, and I'm going to guide you yeah. into that proper position. Yeah, well, it allows us to that. to be good guides. Is the fact yeah. is like I've been injured before. I've done that. You yeah. know, and I've guided my uh, not guided myself, but I, I've I've been through it. My I've been through the down this path, and I've helped other go others go down this path. So like, you're probably going to have a better. You're going to have probably have a better experience if like. We do this together versus you doing it solo. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, I think that's, that's a pretty good uh, summary for, for injuries and how people can kind of really set their mindset appropriately prior to injury, um, recognize um, and have a plan of, of, of attack. Like when that, when that's going to happen, uh, lean into their guides. And I think that was some great stuff. So Angie, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks David. All right. MBS fitness radio. Out. Thank you for listening to NBS Fitness Radio. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, follow us on social media, and check out our website at www.nbsfitness.net. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more NBS Fitness Radio.